yeah, one way to uh, persevere through tough times is to remember that love is not a feeling, it's a choice. Mm. For example, I have been married with your father for 28 years. And yes, it's been times that we get under each other, other skins. Mm-hmm. We've been upset each other or we get mad. I mean, yeah, but doesn't mean that I'm going to walk away mm-hmm. or he's going to leave me mm-hmm. because that's not, you know, it, we make a commitment mm-hmm. when we get married. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I love, I choose to love your father. Mm-hmm. So my why is bigger than my current feeling. Wow. And I don't make decisions based on my feelings, neither of emotions. Yeah. That's, that's so powerful, mom, what you just said. Uh, your why is bigger than your current feeling. I feel like that's so important because we could so easily get stuck in a pit because we are magnifying our current feelings instead of remembering why we started that relationship or why we started, let's say, you know, anything in life. Right. And when we, whatever we magnify is going to become our reality. And so one major key that you just said, um, y'all, this is a golden nugget right here. It's to remember your why because your why is going to always be bigger than your current feelings and feelings are fleeting and and like mom said love is um it's not a feeling it's a commitment it's a choice it's a choice and you choose to love dad in the good the bad and the ugly i love that Hey everyone, welcome back to One Thing in Common podcast. On today's episode, we have two legends in the house. And since it is February, I couldn't pass the month without doing an episode on relationships. I couldn't think of a better couple than my own parents to speak on this topic. They've been together for 30 years and married for 28. On this episode, they share their story on how they met. We discuss green and red flags in relationships, boundaries, and more. Y'all, this is an episode you don't want to miss. So put all distractions away, grab a notebook and pen, and get ready for some golden nuggets to jot down. And without further ado, I'm so excited to bring on my parents, Sandra and David Hink. Hi, Megan. We're so excited to be here. Hey, Meg. It's uh, it's a blessing to be a part of this podcast and hopefully make an impact uh, in the lives of others. Oh, it's a blessing to have y'all on here. My parents, my mama and daddy. All right. (laughs) So you guys, I would love if you guys could share your story on how y'all met. Of course, I know this and it is such an awesome story. And so I was wondering if you could share that with the listeners. Sure. Um, I met your father on December 1990. Um, at that time, I was a single mother. I have a daughter. She was three weeks old. And um, so I was hired from Publix uh, supermarket, where shopping is a pleasure. <laughs> and um, that week, uh, remember, we, we have um, um, orientation. orientation. Yes, yeah. we have an orientation. So they give us a tour in the store. And 
we went to an office where Mr. David Hain, he was a main manager, uh, we were introduced. And uh, he was very kind, um, very sweet, and um, good man. So I remember I was, I was writing the schedule, it's on a Thursday. Uh, and I looked to my left and he had the uh, team uh, doing the orientation and it was the first time I got to see your mom. So what were your exact, what were your exact thoughts when you first saw, saw mom for the first time? I thought she was a princess from Peru, literally. <laughs> she was that gorgeous. Wow, thank you. And mom, you, you saw dad and he was in his office. Um, I remember we're, we were talking about this and you said that when you walked in the office, you saw like all these pictures of kids in daddy's office. So you thought that dad was married and had kids, right? Yes, right. Because, you know, he has on, on his wall beautiful pictures of, of mothers with their kids and you know, so and David with kids and, and David, you know, with the kids, and it was beautiful. But uh, actually, I asked him, you know, you know, for their, their kids, and uh, <laughs> he says, actually, my employees, you know, kids, you know, the so I, I had a thing that I enjoyed uh, when I had a day off. Uh, if someone's children wanted to go boating or fishing, uh, I'd love to incorporate. Uh, the children. And uh, so I had a, uh, a family of, uh, of children that we did wonderful things uh, back in the day on our days off. Oh, so that's when mother figured out that you weren't single. <laughs> so how did you, how did you draw hints with mom that you were interested in her? Well, I would go through her line when I was buying my lunch and you'd have a, a basically seconds to try to communicate. And of course, I spoke very limited um, Spanish and standard English, but we connected in, in a, uh, a beautiful way, uh, sincere. And I would always ask, because early on she brought Carolina in, and I was always asking her, how is, how is Carolina doing? How is she? And from there, our friendship grew. Mm. Oh, so you, you slid. So like today we would be talking about like sliding in DMs, right? <laughs> Messages and you're sliding into her cast register. I love that. I love that. Um, mom. So dad mentioned that when Y'all met, of course, you were a single mom. You had Carolina, my older sister. And so how did that impact you, dad, when you met mom? I feel like many times, uh, not all guys, but uh, a lot of guys can be intimidated by a, a woman having a child, right? And I feel like you had the opposite reaction. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, to me, it was a bonus. It was a bonus that I had the opportunity. Um, I was 31 years old, and I had already been with public since I was 18. And I had already established 
myself as far as financially being independent on my own. And I embrace the opportunity to be able to be a supportive uh, boyfriend and one that would love her child, Carolina, as much as if she was mine. And I embraced it and I was excited about the opportunity. If God let that happen, I would embrace it and be the best man I could be. I love that. I love that. And mom, what caught your attention with dad? What made him stand out compared to other guys? Well, he was so humble. He was sweet. He is a good listener. Mm. And uh, I love that. And even we are, we had different cultures and speak different language. With him was so easy. <laughs> for me, it was so hard, but just for him, was he was going by the floor, you know, like looking at my eyes, um, drawing signs for hands, you know. But we, we were communicating very well. I felt very comfortable with him mm. and very respectful, you know. And uh, it was really amazing to get to know him as a human, you know. It just, it was nice. It was. Great. I think it was God's blessing for us. Yeah. Aww, I love how um, the things that you said really are characteristics of someone's heart. Uh, you said that dad was humble, which 100%, he's very humble, uh, a great listener, 100% a great listener. And what's so interesting is that when you both met, you know, mom, you were fairly new to the United States, right? Like, I don't think you were even here for a year until, or it was only a year that you were here. So your, your English was limited and English was the only language dad spoke. So how did y'all like communicate together speaking two different languages? Well, I I remember our first date, um, we went to a restaurant uh, here in West Ham. Part 28. It was the yeah, first part um, restaurant. And it, I was nervous because, of course, you know, limiting my my language was um, yeah. it was limited. And, and, and David knew Spanish. My English was, like I mentioned before, limited. So I, I was nervous that night, of course. And I, I had to buy a dictionary because, of course, back then there's no iPhone. So, you know, I want to say, I want to talk about different things, different subjects and get to know more each other. But it went went very well because he gave me the comfort, you know. Uh, He knows, we know each other, you know, are limited to communicate it verbally. Um, But, you know, with eye contact, like I say, with our hands, we we understand each other. But it was just it was it was good. And then you know, I guess being me living you know here and and reading and and listening more, I start picking up the language you know and trying to understand. Yes, mm-hmm. I think. So, go ahead, Max. No, no. What were you gonna say? 
So the thing is, I felt so, so comfortable when I was with your mom. She, I trusted her and I trusted my ability to be able to open up my feelings and I could pour into her care. I could pour into her my heart because I felt safe. Mm-hmm. And I think she felt that same way with me. And in relationships, it's so important that the person you're with feels respected, exactly. understood, and respected. And even though we had different languages, we understood one another. Mm. I think you just kind of answered a question I was just about to ask, and that is going into green flags in a relationship. Um, and I feel like you just nailed a couple of those, um, but we can elaborate a little bit more on that. So you guys, um, before y'all met, you guys had your fair share of relationships and you guys learned a lot from those relationships. And I think it taught you what you wanted, what you didn't want in a partner. So let's start off with green flags. What would you say are green flags that people should look for in a relationship? I think the first green flag is, do you feel comfortable Mm. around that person? Do you feel safe around that person? Mm -hmm. And do you feel respected around that person? Were there times in past relationships before mom that uh you you didn't see that that you didn't find those green flags well yeah there's there's been times when if I was myself that wasn't good enough Mm. for the other other person and then that would be true through several relationships I was in you know I think I have a kind heart and one person I dated uh, years before your mom wanted me to be aggressive Mm. around others. And that's not me. I'll be aggressive around a bully, but kind people, I'm going to be kind. I'm going to pour into them and be the best person I can be. So that was a huge red flag Mm -hmm. because she wanted that tough guy. You know, I was 21 years old and even though I was pretty strong, I'm I'm not, I don't have that tough guy mentality. I can Mm -hmm. be tough if needed. Mm-hmm. But I think I have the heart of, of someone opposite to that. So that rela- that was a huge, huge red flag. If someone doesn't want you the way you are mm-hmm. and they're convinced that they need to change you so that you can fit the profile that they want you to be, big red flag, big red flag. Mm, that is good write that down type it on your phone whatever you're using if someone does not accept you as who you are and wants to change you they don't love you and that is a red flag people since we're on the topic now on red flags um i want to ask y'all what are some red flags that people should be aware of in relationships and maybe you could share some examples of your previous um past relationships that you have seen red flags yes um a big red flag actually before my father um my past relationship it, it was unhealthy mm-hmm. And 
he was um, jealous to the point that uh, that's a big red flag when someone is jealous mm -hmm. uh, because he was to the point that I couldn't even see my loved ones, my sisters, mm -hmm. or even friends. Mm -hmm. And when someone is jealous, is there's no trust. Yeah. So how you can be with someone, there's no trust. Mm -hmm. Because it's no, you know, it's just, we are no two. We are one. And we're supposed to trust each other. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And uh, so that's a big red flag. And um, I was um, physic physically, mentally abused. Mm -hmm. and, and, and that it, it just, um, for instance, um, I remember I uh, had an, a job interview and I was taking a little, it was, it was taking time, you know, and uh, he was waiting outside for me. And so he left and I remember I drove to the house, but I, I got a feeling and it wasn't that good. I know mm -hmm. something's gonna happen. So when I went to the house, he looked at me and he said, what I take, what it took too long. Um, so I explained him, you know, it's, it's a job interview. <laughs> so he slapped me in my face, I remember, and it was it wasn't that good. So that's a big red flag, you know. And and when they do one time, chances that they're gonna do again and again and again. Mm. And he was very controlled. This is definitely uh, a red flag. If you see any signs of this um, red flags, you, you better, you know, stand up and, and take action. Yeah. Um, sure. How, when was it, mom, when you drew the line, when that happened that night? Um, when was it when you said enough is enough? And I'm packing my bags and I'm going. When he did it for a second time, because mm -hmm. the first time he apologized. And I understand we make a mistake. And, you know, you give you a, a chance, opportunity. And but when did, he did it for a second time, I say, this is enough. This is enough, you know. And I just, I don't... I was in my early 20s and I, I really, you know, like any woman, I want to have a, a great relationship, a healthy relationship, you know, and, um, but I see that this, it will work. Mm -hmm. I feel it. I see it. So I wrap my stuff and I move with my sister. You know, one thing, Meg, if I can add to this, that I, I very respected uh, your mom in saying is when we first started talking as far as a beginning couple, Sandra and I, she laid that down. Don't ever physically hit me. Mm. And I love that. I never would. But I love the fact that she was not going to let that happen to her again. Mm -hmm. I'll take my hat off to you for, for laying that down with me or anybody else. If it wasn't me, you 
weren't going to let that take place again. So Mm -hmm. ladies, gentlemen, huge red flag, physical abuse, don't accept. Yeah, that's powerful. And um, mom, you were, I believe you were also five months pregnant with Carolina, right? When all that was happening? Yes, exactly. I was five months. Wow. Yeah. But I'm strong. I mean, you know, uh, I I was, uh, I born and raised in Peru in in a medium class family I came from. And, you know, I have values and principles. Mm-hmm. And I see my parents that my father never, never uh, abused neither physically or emotionally mm-hmm. to my mother. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's just this was unacceptable. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I do know why I had that type of life. Mm-hmm. So I got to stand up, like I say, and, and move forward. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, I mean, my children, I want my my daughter to born in a healthy uh, place, mm-hmm. you know, environment. Yeah, I mean, I'm just like thinking. Okay, you were you were younger than me at the time. You were 21 years old. Yes. You had just moved to the United States of America for the first time in your life. You get pregnant. You're in an abusive relationship. Like, hats to you, mom, because. I don't, I can't even imagine that the strength, the courage, the bravery, the the perseverance that you had to have to go through something like that. And you did it with such grace and you had so much faith and trust in God, knowing that that was something that you were not going to settle for that you knew God had better for you. And just because that was a season of your life, you didn't allow that to ter- to determine the rest of your life. And what amazes me of the story is that it was months later, less than a year later, you met dad at Publix supermarket where shopping yeah. is a pleasure and you were a cashier and he was the meat manager and he would buy his meat at your cast register and y'all met and dad is the complete opposite of the relationship that you were in before the complete opposite never abusive physically emotionally and it's like I just think I thank God that you had the courage to lead that relationship because how different to think your life would be had you stayed in that. And so thank you, mom, for sharing your story because it is one of bravery. It is one of courage. And it's one that inspires other women to not settle for less, to not settle for a relationship that's full of toxicity, to not settle for relationships that, is, that isn't full of love, but full of fear. Um, and again, just to see how you and dad are now, it just, man, I'm just so grateful and thankful. Uh, thank you so much, mom, for sharing your story. Papa bear. (laughs) I see you getting all eye teary over there. 
Um, now I, I want to jump to the, the segment on boundaries. And I love how you, you mentioned beforehand that um, mom set the tone straight with you the moment she met you. Hey, buddy, if you're physical with me, it ain't going to happen. You know, um, what are boundaries that you would want the listeners to know uh, that are going to be uh, major keys to a healthy, long-lasting relationship? Well, as far as healthy boundaries, once boundaries are established, you want to maintain them, first of all, because otherwise it's just a loose bubble. Mm. Mom was very firm on several things, and I loved it. So women, if you set boundaries and the man you're setting the boundaries with all of a sudden his eyes light up like, I'm going fishing. I'm going to then, hey, there's there's some good stuff coming because he truly wants those boundaries for your safety. Okay, so a couple of the boundaries that mom established was one was physical and psychological abuse. It's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, amen. It will not happen. Mm-hmm. But also the other one that I loved was she asked, okay, how about if I'm at the mall and I stop and I ask a guy a question, like maybe a store, mm-hmm. you know, where's the store? She wanted to know if I was going to react the same way mm-hmm. as the relationship before. Mm-hmm. And I said, as long as you're safe talking to the guy, you can ask him anything you want. And she goes, well, elaborate a little bit more. I said, you can talk to anybody, male, female. As long as you feel safe and you are safe, talk with that person. I don't even care if it's an ex or someone you went to school with. If you feel safe and you are safe, I want you to feel free to be able to talk to anybody mm-hmm. at any time. Mm-hmm. I love that boundary. So look for that. Be careful of the person that wants to define you and who you can be with or who you can talk to. Mm-hmm. I'm going to send it over to Sandra for a moment. On green boundaries, what boundaries do you like? Important boundary to establish with your partner um, is knowing or sharing when each person needs their own space. Mm. For instance, when I'm stressed, David knows. <laughs> yes, so, I do. We all know. <laughs> so I need to go and ride a bicycle or I go for a run. Because I release my stress. Mm-hmm. So I love that because he respects that mm-hmm. and I need the space. Mm-hmm. So David, when he's stressed, I know that. I say, hey, babe, why don't you go to take a look at the ocean, you know, mm-hmm. or take your little boat, go for fishing, you know, because I know that it's going to help him. Mm-hmm. And I love it because once we do that, you know, after two, three hours, you know, we, we come back and we feel like renewed, you know, like mm. 
actually closer. And like, you know, and it's nice. I guess all couples need this, you know, mm. and respect each other. And I love it because I know he's going, he's going, but I know is I'm going to trust him, you know, and not be, you know, insecure or, for, you know, mm. just. Yeah. I feel like even, um, times when you'd go to Peru, I mean, um, talk about Valentine's day, you know, it's, it was on Sunday. Right. And, um, years ago, I remember mom went to Peru for Valentine's day and, um, me and, and got me, we sell, we surprised dad at Publix when he was working there. Um, but I remember you dad allowing mom to go to Peru for, for a couple of weeks to spend time with her family. Um, and you were totally okay with it. And that's kind of like what you just said, an example, like you guys are doing, uh, everyday examples of, you know, when you need that alone, like that quiet time, then, you know, you go for a bike ride or you go to the beach, but now also sharing larger examples where there's more trust needed or, or, or really being confident in your partner is, you know, like dad giving the freedom of, Hey babe, you want to go to Peru and spend time with your family? Go for it. I'll take care of the kids. I'll be home. I'll be working. You know where I'm going to be at. And dad trusts you and you trust him. And then there's been other instances when dad's gone out of the country and maybe he's been on a mission trip or a random island. I don't know, but you both trusted each other. Right. And oh, so yeah. I think that's so, and, and that's, that's so key. That's definitely making a key for uh, a, lasting. a marriage success, mm. a trust. I mean, for me, and like you were saying, you know, I remember, yeah. Remember my daughter. <laughs> um, Valentine's Day. Yeah. I remember actually I have a nice, beautiful dinner with your father on the 13th because he was mm. flying actually that night, yeah, back to the United States. And he was so nice, be, me be able to stay in Peru and spend quality time with my family. Because mm-hmm. I travel once, sometimes twice a year. Mm-hmm. But it's just so beautiful, me be able to to have that freedom, you know? Yeah. And the trust from my husband, hey, babe, you know, just go, enjoy your family, you know, everything will be okay, you know? So that's, that's awesome. It's just such a, it feels good, you know, it, to have a partner that it, 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 you can trust and uh, that's, that makes you more a stronger relationship for sure. Well, and also too, Megs, it, when I give Sandra my nod, my thumbs up, besides making your mom feel good, it makes me feel good because I've try to put myself a lot of times in other people's shoes and how they feel. And it would make me feel so good for Sandra to say, David, I trust you. Long as you're safe, go. So when Sandra goes to Peru or if she just takes day trip with some of her friends, as long as she's safe and she's comfortable, I'm happy for her. Because her happiness doesn't need to be dictated around me. Say that one more time, Dad. Her happiness does not need to be dictated around me. Mm. That is so powerful. I feel like people are in a dangerous position when they place their happiness in another person. When 
that person's there, they're happy. And if they're not, they're not, or they, they depend their emotions on a person. And it's not saying that you don't miss the person because you care about them and you love them, but you know how to differentiate your, um, your emotional well-being, um, and not putting all that weight on a person, you know? Absolutely. And what's so fun about this is if we're apart for any period of time, a couple of days or a week or two, it's so nice when we get back together. Mm. It's so, so nice. Sometimes relationships need a little space. The difference is, are you in a relationship with the spouse is against you having some free space? Mm. Or are they supporting you in having some downtime? Mm-hmm. And I think that's very, very important. And that's a flag or something that you want to discern when you're looking at a relationship. Mm-hmm. Are they comfortable with me making my own decisions? Or are they trying to control my decisions? Mm. And I ran into that before I met your mom. And I remember it was something as simple as a Wednesday morning. I remember it was in March and I had a little townhouse on the bay in North Miami and I had the, the boat and the, and the dock and right behind the house. And the day before, you know, I living by myself, but I had a girlfriend that lived at home mm-hmm. with her parents. And um, I take my, Generally, we'd have two days off. Mm-hmm. So I'd always take the first day off and I'd do all my chores. Now, granted, it was just me there, but I'd do my laundry and do the landscaping and touch up the dock, uh, detail the car, whatever. The next day, I knew the weather was going to be great. I had the fishing equipment in the boat. I was grabbing the last things to put in the boat and I was going to go head toward South Biscayne Bay, go for some trout on the the flats. No wind at all. And I get a call. What are you doing? I said, I'm loading the boat up. And she goes, you're going to go in the boat without me? And I said, we only got two days off a month. and Those are Sundays. and I don't even like being on the water on Sundays. Mm. And uh, to make a long story short, uh, I was told my life would be miserable for a while if I went in a boat without her. And I didn't. But I knew then that she couldn't trust me or let me. I knew I needed it um, because of my job. It's important to have some downtime with nature. Mm-hmm. We were putting in 65 hours a week at the time, approximately. And um, if I did do it, my life would be uh not pleasant for a while. Big red flag, Mm. big red flag, big red flag. Wow. That's to me, it's crazy to think that something as simple as you going for a boat ride, which is like your happy place and you're not going where people are partying and you're not going in the Miami, like you're like going in the nature where there's just birds and butterflies. Like that's your kind of day off. And she told you straight up, 
hey, your life's going to be miserable if you go without me. And you were like, okay, this is, that was your last straw. That was your like, okay, all right. And you drew, you drew it there. Um, I just kind of knew that um, if the relationship continued, it, it, I would not have been uh, happy because I couldn't be who I truly am. Yeah. With, with your mom, I'm able to, whenever I need some downtime, if I want to go paddleboarding, if I want to go diving, uh, she says, Hey, launch your safe, mm-hmm. the sharks, whatever the alligators. If I go in the Everglades, she's like, go, go. She's like, get out the house and go, go. And that's <laughs> such a blessing in a relationship. Such a blessing. I love that. I love that. I I do want to ask this question because, I mean, you guys have been married for 28 years. That's a long time. Okay. Um, and so obviously any, everybody knows that, um, anyone knows that relationships are not perfect and no two people are perfect and there's going to be hard times. It's not always sunshine and rainbows. There's going to be turbulence and, um, it's it's the tough times that um, really, really you have to persevere. So my question to y'all is, you know, I, I remember 2014, 2015 was a rocky year um, in our family. Um, in y'all's relationship, it, it wasn't the best. And um, I look now with hindsight you know, years later that y'all are in a different space than you were years ago. My question is what advice would you give to those listening? Um, maybe that enter in a relationship or they're already married. How do you persevere through hard times? How do you persevere when all you want to do is quit, but you know that quitting is not an option? Yeah, one way to uh, persevere through tough times is to remember that love is not a feeling, it's a choice. Mm. For example, I have been married with your father for 28 years. And yes, it's been times that we get under each other, other skins. Mm-hmm. We've been upset each other or we get mad. I mean, yeah, but doesn't mean that I'm going to walk away mm-hmm. or he's going to leave me mm-hmm. because that's not, you know, it, we make a commitment mm-hmm. when we get married. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I love, I choose to love your father. Mm-hmm. So my why is bigger than my current feeling. Wow. And I don't make decisions based on my feelings, neither of emotions. Yeah. That's, that's so powerful, mom, what you just said. Uh, your why is bigger than your current feeling. I feel like that's so important because we could so easily get stuck in a pit because we are magnifying our current feelings instead of remembering why we started that relationship or why we started, let's say, you know, anything in life. Right. And when we, whatever we magnify is going to become our reality. And so one major key that you just said, um, y'all, this is a golden nugget right here is 
to remember your why because your why is going to always be bigger than your current feelings and feelings are fleeting. And, and like mom said, love is, um, it's not a feeling, it's a commitment. It's a choice. It's a choice. And you choose to love dad in the good, the bad, and the ugly. I love that. So Megs, one of the things too, that I feel is so, so important is if you make the relationship about yourself, mm. it's, it, it can, it can go south real quick. And what I mean by that is when you make it about yourself, all of a sudden you become the victim or at least in your head you do. Mm. So when something comes up, why did they do it? That's the, the mentality instead of how can I help you? How can we get through this? You never want to make it about yourself. Now I've had friends years and years ago and, and family too, that would say, David, you shouldn't be giving in this much. David, don't do this. And this is coming from my friends that have been, uh, separated, divorced, or gone through multiple relationships. Mm. Um, I do find it a lot healthier in a relationship. When you focus on making us one, not standard being 50% or me being 50%, but us uniting in marriage and becoming one. And I want to make her the priority over me and what's important to me because the most important thing to me is God then Sandra then my children my family mm. and friends so the priority is God and then my wife mm. before me mm-hmm. and when I live that I have a totally different perspective in the morning when I wake up. Mm. The perspective is how can I make my wife stay a little bit better today? Mm. And it totally changes your outlook. So those of y'all that Twitter with what's in it for me today, or I'm not getting this, so I'm not going to do that. It, can go south and it can pull you down quickly so be aware give grace to god first and then love on your partner love on your spouse let them know how much you love them how much you appreciate them on every day doesn't mean we don't have differences we do but you know what it doesn't change how we feel about our marriage Mm. And now we love one another because as you and Sandra said, it's a commitment that we have for one another. Mm. So good. So, so good, dad. I feel like that's so important. And I feel like in, in general, in relationships, also in life, like when you don't, when you make it all about yourself, you're in that victim mentality, you're in that victim mode. And, and, um, it, it just really, is not healthy and it's really a toxic mindset. And also another thing that you said that was really powerful is like you discerned the, the voices that you allowed, um, in your life because some of your friends were giving you advice, but 
some of them were divorced couple times or multiple times. And you're like, okay, do I want to tell that same story that they told? Or do I want, do I want to tell a different story? Do I want to tell a story like, Oh, when things got tough, I divorced. Or do you want to say, yeah, yeah. 2014, that was a hard year. Yeah. It, it sucked. But you know what? I decided that in that moment, I was going to go off my feelings. I wasn't going to go off making it about myself. I was going to go off the commitment. I was going to go off making it about your mother and how we can become stronger. And now, years later, I could see how much stronger y'all are in your relationship, in yourselves, in every area. And because of that, I feel like our family's stronger, you know? And so just seeing you guys model that really inspires me and encourages me. So in my future relationship, my future marriage, I know when the tough gets going, it's not, Hey, let's call it a quits. It's going to be, Hey, we're going to persevere. Right. And we're going to become stronger and we're going to become better because of this problem. And I feel like so many times problems are not so bad as we think they are. And many times problems are actually great opportunities to, to grow closer to one another. Amen. Yes. Yeah. Opportunities to learn, grow, to learn, to grow together. Definitely. And, and I want to also, I remember y'all were talking, we were talking about this the other day and you guys were talking about love languages and I'm not sure if ever, um, people listening right now, if you're aware of the love languages, but there's a book called the five love languages that, um, I believe transformed y'all's relationship. So do you guys want to talk a little bit about uh, the importance of, of love language and, and how that um, serves one another? Absolutely. I'm going to jump in for a moment. Then I'm going to give it to, to your mom, Sandra. It gave me the opportunity because I always try to put myself into the other person's shoes and to understand. But if you don't understand their love language, I, I was thinking her love language was the same as mine. Mm. And it's not. <laughs> so I couldn't use empathy. I couldn't use proper discernment. I couldn't under because I didn't understand because her love language is different. Her primary and secondary is different than mine. Mm. And until I understood what hers is, then I could better discern how I should act appropriately to let her feel the way I want her to know I feel about her. Mm. And, and did y'all see a difference in your relationship after reading the book together and understanding? So if, if you're listening and you don't know what the five love languages are, it's pretty much how you receive love. So everyone receives love differently, but there are five different ways. I believe there's physical touch, uh, words of affirmation, quality time, gifts, and acts of service. So dad, which is your uh, love language? (laughs) Oh, I think I know that both for the listeners. What's your love language? (laughs) Okay. So uh, words of affirmation and physical touch. Okay. And, and- my quality time. And, um, but it's so important to learn about this because it's true, you know, it's sometimes you can feel that I don't, you know, like he's a physical touch. <laughs> one of his um, um, love language. So mm-hmm. what we do, we're working on it. Mm-hmm. You know, he knows how much I love to spend quality time with him, with mm-hmm. the family. So, we work on that. When you work on the relationship, when you apply those uh, love language, 
so the relationship is, is healthier is is better mm-hmm. is stronger mm-hmm. and uh, it's just it's something that we learned we didn't know about those uh love languages until you share the book with us and we <laughs> thank you for that Max. thank you for that because yeah we can be able to share with others too. I think it was like a Christmas book, a gift I gave y'all years ago. Yes. But I, I, when I remember, I remember I picked it up and I was like, dang, this is gold. My parents need this. Cause I was like, goodness gracious. I'm like, I know my dad's love language is physical touch and I know my mom's isn't. So they're right there. They're just clashing. And then I was like, so when I read this, I was like, wow, this can really serve my mom and dad. Great. And then when y'all read it, I really did yeah. see a difference in your relationship because dad, when you, you know, you love physical touch. And I believe most guys, they, they like, it's shown that most guys, not all guys, but most guys is, is physical touch. That's their their number one. And so you think like when you just hug mom and love her and just touch her, you think like she's receiving the same love the way you do. But in reality, she's not, she's cool. Just watching TV, you sitting next to her and you're not even putting a finger on her and she's, she's cool. And you're sitting next to her and you're just like, you just yeah. want her hand to give you like a rub on your arm and you'll be the happiest guy in the world. Right. But it's yeah. so cool that you both learn. Okay. Like when I cater to my wife and her love language, she's going to want to reciprocate the same with my love language. Mm-hmm. And so. Yeah. That's so, that so, so too. I highly recommend that book for all couples. And also, even if you're not in a relationship, it's mm-hmm. going to help you better understand yourself and also consider as far as there's certain things that are important in a relationship to you. So maybe those persons have that in them to share that with you Mm -hmm. and maybe they don't. So it's an excellent tool to strengthen any relationship. I highly recommend it. Highly. So good, so good, so good. The book, Five Love Languages, people, let's go. All right, mother and father, we are now on to the last question of the pod. And um, that is, if you knew then what you know now, what would you tell your younger self? Andrew? I would tell my younger self that God comes first in any relationship Mm. always he's going to be first Mm -hmm. and then when i marry my husband will be second Mm. the most important person and then my kids family and friends Mm -hmm. which is for a long time i didn't have that order Mm -hmm. to put a david as a second Mm-hmm. But God is a God of order, and I had to apply the principle. Mm-hmm. And since I put my husband as a second in my life, his has been blessing in my marriage. Mm. That's so powerful! Wow that that is so powerful because. It, I feel like y'all just had that realization, revelation. Um, again, remember when that year 2014 was rocky. Um, it was 
it was honestly the the order wasn't there. You know, God was first, but then it was me and Carolina. And then it was, you know, family and friends. And then maybe dad was somewhere in the middle between all of that. And so, like you said, God is a God of order. And, and he does that because he knows what's what's best for us and wants the best for us. And so when you realize that and you put that in order, um, so much blessings came into y'all's marriage and your relationship. And, and I've seen that growing up from, from those years to now, uh, how more fruitful uh, the relationship is. And um, that's something I feel like if I were here at a young age, I wouldn't understand, but growing up and, 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 you know, really grasping that, like having God first in any relationship. And then once you get married, it's your husband, right? And then the kids and, and God just blessing that, um, is, is definitely, um, just something that is so worth because you guys did it the other way and y'all saw what happened, right? <laughs> you just didn't produce much fruit. And, and so that was so, so good. Uh, dad, did you want to add anything to that? I, I love what you just said and, and what, what your mom said, Sandra, that putting that into sequence mm. is blessed our relationship, our marriage tremendously. Mm-hmm. And I feel that knowing that today, and if I knew it earlier, me and Sandra, I think it would have made our relationship even stronger and better than it is today. Mm. So I, 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 if I knew today, um, no, if I knew then what I know today, it would be that the, the sequence, the priority of putting God first. So you put something bigger than yourself out there and then you put your spouse second here again. When you do that, you, you, you're, you're, you are setting yourself up for success, successful marriage, successful friendships, and a lot healthier marriage. So good. So good. Wow. Mom and dad, this was like, wow. There's just so much gold to soak up on this uh, episode. Thank you guys so much for uh, giving us your time and just pouring out all the wisdom and knowledge and the good times and the bad times and the hard times and, and just you know, everything that we spoke about from boundaries to green flags and red flags, you know, to how to persevere through tough times. And, you know, the golden nugget that you would tell yourself is putting God first in the relationship and then your spouse. And from there on family and friends, it's so powerful. It's literally life-changing advice that that you've given to us. And uh, I just want to thank y'all so much from the bottom of my heart. I love you guys. I just want to throw a huge thank you for you for impacting us, your family, and your friends' families. You're making a positive difference in the world, and we couldn't be proud of you. We love you so much. We love you, daughter, and we're so proud of you. God bless. I love you guys. I'll see you soon. (laughs) Bye. Bye. 
Thank you for listening. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast and please leave a rate and review as it makes a huge difference. Also, share this podcast with your friends and family and don't forget to follow at One Thing in Common Podcast on Instagram and tag us with any insights you got from the episode. I am so grateful for each and every one of you and I hope you have the best week. Much love.